You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. Hey, and welcome to episode 11 of the podcast. Today we have an interview with intercessory missionary, author, and leader, Benjamin Atkinson. He's a friend of mine, and this is an amazing interview that will help you with prayer and sustaining prayer, enjoying prayer, leading others in prayer, leading your family in prayer. This is so good. You're going to love this. And before I share the interview, real quick, I just want to remind you, this podcast exists to equip present-centered communities to worship and pray night and day. And so this is aimed at worshipers, intercessors, and leaders who are a part of Burn 24-7 furnaces and houses of prayer and praying churches. That's who this is aimed for. And so most of you are probably a part of a community or a ministry like that. And I want to just encourage you to share this podcast with those people. Share this episode. Anything that's helpful to you, it will probably be helpful and encouraging to others as well. And that will just fuel the advancement of day and night prayer and worship and the kingdom of God in cities all over the place. So Thank you for sharing. If you haven't subscribed, of course, yet, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can do that at podcast.presencepioneers.org, which is where we also have all of our previous episodes. You can sign up to get emails when new episodes come out. We have PDF downloads, all kinds of stuff up there that you can check out. If you're on iTunes, if you can leave us a review, or on YouTube, if you can like it or comment, any of that stuff helps the messages get out there and the podcast to move forward with strength, impacting as many people as possible. Look, before I share the interview, I just want to let you know the audio is a little gargly on this recording. We did the best that we could, but the video software we were using to do this video conference, uh, the audio is just a little fuzzy, but the content is so good that I still wanted to share, even though the audio is not 100%, just to encourage you. So here it is, my interview with Benjamin Atkinson. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Matthew, it's, I'm so glad to be here. I'm honored to be on a show with you and your amazing wife, Shepard, and your family. You guys are great. Awesome. So good to have you, man. So for those who are listening and don't know Ben, Ben has been an intercessory missionary for years. How many years, man? I've been doing this for about 20 years, and maybe if I could just tell you one quick story. I got started when I was in uh, my early years of high school. I got a tape that shows a little bit about how old I am, (laughs) that I I got a tape uh, cassette where someone talked about praying 10 minutes a day for people, you know, targeting, you know, praying for four or five people just 10 minutes a day. And I'm telling you what, Matt, there was some amazing Bible verses in there. Luke uh, 4.18, uh, praying day and night, um, Matthew chapter 5 and 6, the Beatitudes, praying the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. And that tape changed my life forever. It set me on a trajectory of a rhythm of prayer daily. That's amazing. 
So you've been praying a lot over the last 20 years as an intercessor. You've also been a leader. You've helped launch houses of prayer and, and staff house of prayer. Of course, IHOP in Kansas City, as well as a few others. You've written a couple books. You're a prophetic voice for different movements. You're a presence pioneer, if I can label Amen. you that. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I am a presence pioneer. I'm in. Yeah, so God, so you got a tape, and that's that sort of started your journey of prayer. Give us a little bit more context, man. How did you go from 10 minutes a day to, you know, doing it as your full-time job and leading prayer ministry? Um, Matt, really, let me say this. Um, I didn't start off on a journey of wanting to pray. I kind of thought prayer was boring. It was what my mom and dad made me do every day um, when I was younger. Not necessarily every day, but there were moments where my parents, who were godly people, um, would gather us together and have us pray. And I just really felt it was boring. Um, but what happened was when I was in high school, my heart began to move. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit calling me. And as he called me, that's when I got that tape and I started praying more. What happened is I got into college and I went from, all, you know, just a sheltered little life in, you know, the country of upstate New York to all of a sudden I am at a liberal university and I am face to face with different agendas that humanistic agenda, agendas that I had to right away say, Lord, I need to pray. And really what the Lord said is, young man, you need to become like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel and his three friends. You need to become like them and, them and get into a rhythm of praying three times a day. So as a college student, I began to set in my schedule, Matt, where I would pray every day at least, I tried to do three times a day, morning, noon, and night. So from a freshman to a senior, I would pray with my prayer list on the way to school and I would mark it off, you know, pray for each uh, through my prayer list every morning. I drove at about a 40 minute ride to school and then I would pray. Um, I had practice early in the morning. I was an athlete and then I would pray before school uh, before my classes usually typically started about eight. 8 30 9 o'clock and i would go and i'd just seclude myself away and pray for about an hour and in order for me to do that i made sure my friends showed up so i would have weightlifting and workouts in the morning about 6 7 a.m for i had to get up like five and drive to school i'd have my practices and then by about eight o'clock i was in prayer and so i wouldn't skip it matt you know what i did i just brought my friends with me and Every day, there were three, four, five of us. And, of course, we were praying. We thought revival was going to come next week. We were just praying for revival, believing for revival, reading our Bibles and crying out to the Lord. Um, but those were just amazing moments of just sitting before the Lord. Now, when we were doing this, Matt, I didn't think we were having that great of an impact. Because in my mind, revival was this whole stadium filled with people. And, and it would all happen. However, 20 years later, over two decades later, I have met hundreds of people that we led to the Lord and are now still believers from those early years 
uh, within campus ministry. After campus ministry, uh, after my campus years of praying uh, three times a day, it just, I was on, you know, Matt, we like to plan, man plans, but God directs. I was on my way to law school. I was handing in my law school application at the end of my years of, of going to school. I, you know, four years, it was over. And as I was handing in that law school application, the Lord said, I have something else for you if you'll take it. I had a moment to decide, Matt. I'm sure you've had those moments, you and your wife, Shepherd, you're amazing leaders in the body of Christ. The Lord has directed you sovereignly. You just pick up like Abraham and go wherever he calls you. And you build the presence of the Lord like David did. So for me as a young leader, Matt, I was going, oh, no, what am I supposed to do? So I said yes to the Lord. I didn't know what I was going to do. But you know what happened, uh, Matt, is I ended up doing campus ministry. And that campus ministry was set in day and night prayer. We literally got to the place where we were praying six days a week with about 20 people or more and just believing the Lord for revival, praying together. And that prayer time did two things. Number one, it linked us together in community. So we had unity and community among the place of prayer, number one. And number two, it kept us growing in the character and the knowledge of the Lord. And then lastly, I would say the third, third point is we saw so many answers to prayer as we just prayed the Bible and then we began to pray what the Holy Spirit was telling us. It was so many little things. We began to pray for divine connections. And I remember this one gal we tried to preach the gospel to. I might have tried to preach the gospel to her 50 times, you know, because we're praying for the gospel to go forth. We're praying for signs and wonders. And this lady, would, she would always say, no, I'm, I'm a Jewish person. Leave me alone. I'm a Jewish person. Leave me alone. 15 years later, Matt, I'm sitting in a coffee shop in, this, in Kansas City at, at the International House of Prayer, which you mentioned. And as I was sitting there, Matt, this woman comes and sits across from me and she says, hey, I'm here. And I said, who are you? I, she goes, you don't remember me. I'm from college. And then all of a sudden it all clicked. This was the gal we preached to wow. all the time. She said, I finally said yes to Jesus. And wow. She goes, the, just that conviction of the Lord hit her one day. She is just, and this, she is amazing. She came and did an internship. I hadn't seen her for 15 years. And she's like, here I am my first day here and I see you. And so it was just like, yes. Um, but as we did, you know, we did this uh, day and night prayer. We pray, uh, we pray three, three or uh, six days a week, Matt. And then from there, the Lord took my wife and I and planted us in Kansas City. And Matt, I'm telling you, I thought I knew how to pray. But here's what happened when I got to Kansas City. I was struck by my biblical illiteracy. I didn't know the Bible. And what happened was not only did I not know the Bible, but I didn't know the Jesus of the Bible. I, I had heard about Jesus, but what happened was, and, and Matt, I know you know this because I've been in your times of, of worship and prayer. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you're transformed. Mm -hmm. You know, we get before the Lord, his glory invades 
And then all of a sudden we're transformed. So what I did, Matt, for three years or four years, I sat in our Bible school in Kansas City and we did day and night prayer with our Bible classes for four years. My wife and I sat there and our hearts were literally transformed. We saw hundreds and hundreds of answers to prayer. Um, And then real quickly, I'll just summarize a, a couple more things. Matt, from there, we were thrust by what the Lord was asking us to go to Virginia. And he, he, the Lord just said he was zealous for day and night prayer to come to the East Coast. We didn't know what that meant. Here we were, Matt, these little weak people. We had this dream of going to Richmond, Virginia, and we would see God build day and night prayer. And Honestly, we were so weak. We were so, we we didn't have two nickels to put together. Um, And we went, and Matt, if I can really be vulnerable with you for a moment, it was really, really, really hard on our marriage and hard on our life. Um, We got there, Matt, and I share the story like this. The people we were going to build prayer with were amazing people but they just didn't have an understanding of day and night prayer. They wanted day and night prayer, but the the beautiful community there were in a crisis within themselves. Unfortunately, the director was diagnosed with stage four or stage three cancer at the time. Um, And so it was a crisis. Immediately we're thrust into a crisis economically, a crisis of health, and then a crisis of building the prayer room in that there was no money the building had been flooded out. So here's what we did, Matt. We just sat in a room and we just prayed these prayers. We had the whole, we had, a, if you can imagine this, Matt, the upstairs of the, there was a, a storefront with, uh, the downstairs was completely gutted and flooded out with insulation falling down. The second story was a one bedroom apartment or a two-bedroom apartment, and the top floor was a one-bedroom apartment. So we t- rented out the second uh, floor with a two-bedroom apartment, and we put a day and night prayer room in there. We, we built <laughs> the, the one bedroom was the offices, the, the big area, living room. We returned it to our prayer room. The kitchen was where we put our soundboard, and the back room was where we took our kids. And uh, we, um, the Lord gave us two dreams. He said, number one, he said, dig a well here. And he said, number two, don't forget the children. Make sure the children are found in the place of prayer. And man, I'm telling you, Matt, that was really hard. And I remember about two months into it, I was praying. Um, I would get up around one or two o'clock in the morning. I'd go and do the, the night watch. I'd go home, sleep for a couple, for an hour. And I'd go pick up a young man and bring him back to the prayer room for, for about 6 or 7 a.m. And we would be there for about five, six more hours. And that was my rhythm for a couple of months. And I remember one day the Lord asked me this question. He said, Ben, do you have faith that I can, can, turn, can meet this city with justice? As we were in Richmond, Virginia at the time. And I said, if you're asking me, it's not because you don't know the answer. It's because I don't know the answer. And he said this statement to me, Matt. Um, He said, Ben, either prayer works or it doesn't. Either I love this city or I don't. And he said, I love this city and I want to show this city mercy. 
and uh, and he said, just pray these prayers. And I remember as he said that, I, I literally had kind of a breakdown, and I'm, I'm being very vulnerable with you. I had a breakdown where I'm like, Lord, you ever just have it out with God where you're like, oh, it's just yeah. not working. <laughs> you know, my wife is hurting, my kids are hurting, the people, it's just, where are you, Lord? And so... Um, what happened was, as I was praying that, I remember it was 6.30 in the morning, this young man turned, the man that I was bringing to the prayer room, he was actually mentally ill. He suffered from a mental illness. He, he, he lost his mind in a missions trip in, in Burkina Faso. And uh, what happened was this man said, brother, the Lord would say to me, have, say to you right now, have faith. And he said this, he said, you got to pray big prayers and don't stop. Pray big prayers for the city. And I said, you know, come on, man, I'm really mad right now. Just leave me alone. And this man said this to me. He said, I used to pray with a man named Lou Engel. Um, and he said, I prayed with him every morning. And, uh, and, and he prayed big prayers. And the Lord used uh, Lou to turn things. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, you're, on, you're not in the right mind. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Years later, I talked to Lou, and I said, Lou, do you know this guy? And Lou almost started, he, he, he was so emotional. He said, that was the guy who would come to the prayer room when no one else would. So here I am, having to sit in a room and pray, Matt. And the Lord sends this guy that was with Lou in the beginning years to say, don't give up. Matt, you know what happened? We have quantitative data. The murder rate in that city when we got there was 151 people murdered in the city limits. Mm. Within one year of putting the prayer room in that, one year of 60 people giving themselves the day and night prayer in a weak way. We were not more than like 20, 30 hours a week. Um, and some of it was just two people in the room, maybe three people in the room. We had a staff of four or five. We just were... And we, you know, we just did what we could. Most meetings were 10, maybe 20 people. Um, we just stayed steady at that, Matt, within one year. And we focused every, we had a prayer meeting every Monday at 6 to 8 p.m. for the turning the city, especially the issue of, of, of murder. It went from 151 down to 33 people murdered in the second year. Small Businessmen's Association came to us and said, we a, a shot. There has not been one gunshot fired within a month, one mile radius of this building, and we believe it's because of you people. Um, I could tell you hundreds of stories like that, Matt. A prayer that God did in Iran and many things. But um, if maybe if it's okay, maybe I could just say something that I've learned through the years how I feel like the Lord wants to reach out to the next generation and draw them into the presence of the Lord in prayer. And then lastly, what we're doing for family prayer, would that be okay? Yeah, that would be great. Real quick, I, I just felt it's an amazing journey, first of all. And um... Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. 
Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Uh, what I'm, some things I'm picking up on that are valuable that might just kind of want to pull out practical that I think might be helpful for people is you're not just praying individually, but you're re- there's really a value for corporate prayer and there's really a value for a culture of prayer where you started doing campus ministry. It wasn't necessarily prayer ministry, so to speak, but it was a culture of prayer in the context of a campus. And, uh, and so to me, like you said, it helped you pray. And, and I found the same thing to be, to be true that when I pray with other people, when I worship with other people, it keeps me steady keeps me, you know, I pray more than I would if I was just trying to do it on my own. So um, I, I, I assume you would agree with that and have found that to be true as well, right? Yeah, Matt, exactly. When you do this with other people, things grow. One of the things, as you mentioned, is building prayer on college campuses. You know, we, I've been doing that for several years from, you know, for the last two decades. And I've, I've found this, uh, there's ways of making this enjoyable. There's, you know, there's the old kind of, we call it the, the rock pile prayer where you just get in a room like, you know, the Romans, <laughs> they would have gotten in the room, the guy who prayed and prayed and prayed and gave alms to the poor in Jesus day. But yet the Lord sent the angel in to, to meet him and said, go to be with Peter. Okay. You know, that's the rock pile prayer. One, two, three, you know, they just stayed steady. And then there's this place of, there's this enjoyable prayer where we get to have worship and we are worshiping the Lord, our hearts grow alive. And then from that place, we can worship, we can minister to the Lord, give him glory. Number one, that's an important aspect of prayer. And then number two, Luke 18, that asking for justice, crying out for justice, you know, marrying the two. And what we've seen on college campuses, Matt, is not trying to just fill a slot with one or two people, but creating a synergy over a morning, noon, and night of bringing young people together in the presence of the Lord. And then from there, the Lord touches them, and then they worship, minister to God, and then they ask for justice. And we found that works really well. It's a great model. It includes people, and it trains people, and it honors the Lord. That's so good. Isaiah 56, where... God says that he'll bring us to his mountain and make us joyful in the house of prayer. So that's the promise for enjoyable prayer. So yeah, what are, um, do you have some other tips that you were going to share, I think on, on prayer or enjoyable prayer? So uh, one thing I would say this is um, 
I would love to say this is get a long-term plan for prayer, um, you know, uh, for your own life personally, and then for your city, and then step-by-step walk it out. Um, again, we've been, by God's grace, building prayer over decades. And what does that look like? Practically building prayer in my own life, in my home, and then in the church where I attend. And then I, now I do this vocationally and then, you know, within um, city areas, regions, and then schools. But I want to talk personally, getting in a rhythm of prayer. One of the things I do, Matt, is I make sure that the word is central in my life. I'm reading the word and then I'm praying the word. I'm coming into agreement where it says for me to obey. And then I'm coming into agreement where the Lord is, is, is asking for something corporately within our nation. Um, And then I want to pray what the Holy Spirit highlights, whether, whether he gives through dreams, through visions, through impersonations. You know, one of the things, Matt, is we get to pray with you um, having you in the room with is you, we always know the, the kind of the water level is rising because you're so experienced and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is going to speak. So the more people we get in the room, the more we know the Holy Spirit will speak. We can just begin to pray those things as promises. Um, I want to say this. My wife and I have been praying near daily for 17 years. For a year before we were married, we prayed together near daily for about an hour. We would read the Bible together, and then we would pray. Um, and that's been a real journey. And my wife and I are, are unpacking that in weekend seminars that we're beginning to do, a couple seminars where we're taking and helping people on the journey of that. But, you know, Matt, we both have children. Then there's the aspect of family prayer. And I have... Um, had my children on a journey of prayer. My eldest is 15, my youngest is six. But, you know, it's hard to do family prayer, period. It's hard to do family devotions, especially in this day and age. But we have um, come up with some things that the Lord has really blessed us in. And we were actually just on a trip in uh, Hong Kong where we were ministering to leaders in China and Taiwan and Hong Kong and, and teaching family prayer. And you know, if I could uh, highlight this, one thing that I've learned from family prayer, Matt, is consistency, uh, having the Bible at your center, center, and then having worship at the center. You know, we might not all be as gifted as you. You are definitely in a, a presence pioneer. <laughs> uh, so I, we don't have necessarily amazing musicians in our family, but we've got the internet. We just put on some worship, not, not, the, not the stuff where it's kind of just, you know, kind of glorifying themselves and, you know, weird videos. But I'm talking about people worshiping Jesus. We just put that on, man. We've done this for, for a while now. And I grab each one of my children's hand. Um, and then we, we teach them to worship. Then we read the Bible together. And then from that, we pray what the Bible just taught us. And then we pray out. We do what this thing, Matt, real quick, we call it pray up and out, where we pray up to the Lord and tell him who he is. We pray in, we want the truth in our heart, and then we pray out for our neighbor. And I tell you what, man, it's not perfect, but teaching and training your family to pray long term really has been a blessing. If I can tell you, 
one story here. I'll tell one story. Um, we, um, my family and I have been on a journey of prayer. Again, it's weak. We're, we're, we try to do it right. But I remember one time where uh, we were praying as a family. And as a family, we were moving from one city to the next to build prayer. And as we did, each what we do when we move is each one of the children has a particular job in prayer because we want them to understand that God values their voice. There's no junior Holy Spirit. They can just pray. And, you know, they were about maybe the eldest at that time was six, uh, maybe seven. So each one had a prayer assignment. And my four-year-old was to pray for funds for the trip. And the four-year-old one day just was like, you know what? I don't want to pray. And I mean, Matt, come on, man. We've all had those days. And as adults where we're like, I don't want to pray. I don't know if God's going to do anything. <laughs> and then as a four-year-old, she says, I don't want to pray. And I remember my seven, her job was to pray for funds. And <laughs> so my one, my like seven-year-old was like, well, if she doesn't pray, do we not get the funds? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, okay, fine. God, send money. And um, so that we can get where we're supposed to go. And it was so, that, that just weak prayer. That day we went to the mailbox. This is the mailbox. We got, five, someone had taped an envelope with $500 cash on the, and you know, what, what's amazing is it's 500 bucks and it helped us. But the other thing was it's the four-year-old was praying and got the thing that God hears. And we all have to have that little faith. God hears and let's keep praying and seeking God for this nation. Yeah, that's so amazing. I love it, man. Yes, I've experienced firsthand the joys and the challenges of leading your family in worship and <laughs> prayer. It can, it's so, I've been... It's, it, I mean, it's so special when, the, when, when your kids begin to connect with God, begin to interact with God. It's like, ah, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, like that touches you more than that. And, and it's also, it's like, as a worship leader, it's like, if you can lead kids in worship, you can lead anybody in worship. <laughs> so, um, Amen. I love it, man. So sort of the other end of the spectrum is that you do this as your full-time job. You're, you're full-time intercessory missionary. And so I just feel like there might be some people that watch this, that God's actually called in to do that because God is raising up people to do that all over the, the world. And so obviously first and foremost, for every Christian, we want to cultivate personal prayer, family prayer, regardless of, I mean, that's most, most believers are not going to do prayer full time. And so we want to cultivate that in our homes and, and within our local churches. But could you speak into just for a minute, um, before we finish up here about that calling to pray full time. I mean, how did you get into that? And like, why do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, number one, um, I'm sovereignly cold. Uh, that's a longer story. Uh, and it, and it's very intense, but it has to do with the Lord speaking out of, out of the book of Isaiah to me, Isaiah 62, and calling me and, and, uh, and saying, son, I, I want you to stand as a watchman on the wall uh, for Israel and for the U.S. And I had no idea uh, what that meant uh, 
at all. Now I have a little bit of an understanding, but it was the Lord. So biblically, the Lord was calling me, or, or, or through the Holy Spirit, he was calling me. Then he gave me biblical understanding of why he was calling me uh, through Isaiah 62 um, and, and through Isaiah 59, 58, these different verses where we understand biblically, you mentioned Isaiah 56, joyful prayer, but there are, there's many verses that talk about a prayer movement that emerges uh, in the nations at, before the Lord returns. Um, and then, so let me say, I'm going to pause on that, but then go back and talk about something that you know a lot about because you've done some very, some great writing. I encourage people to go to your website and look up some of your writing on the Tabernacle of David, particularly Amos uh, chapter nine. You do a great job on verse 11, but you do an even better job um, uh, on verse 12. It's actually biblically you do. I, I'm, I'm very impressed. Great job. And then so people jump back to the website and look those over. Um, maybe Matt put the link to your blog in, in this podcast somewhere, somehow. But um, basically what, is, is, is what, what happened was the Lord began to call me personally to the biblical narrative. Holy Spirit-wise, he gave me my own storyline. Um, and then what happened that, oh my gosh, man, there are so many ups and downs within this journey of saying yes to that. But when we look at David, David built a prayer movement uh, with funds, his own funds, with millions and millions of dollars that David raised personally to set people before the Lord, to worship him day and night. And so we see that uh, historically, David did that, and and it was and Jesus said this. The Word of God says this. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that desired one thing of the Lord: to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. I just did a message from Psalm 110 uh, in Asia, and the message was: David heard the conversations between the Godhead. He heard the Father, the Lord, said to my Lord, "Sit at my right hand." And we talked about in your discipleship, are you training young people to hear the conversations between the father and the son? Uh, we, uh, when we, that's what we do mainly. We try to raise up, we have what's called Holy Club's Firm Foundations. And what this is, is our step-by-step, -step how to take a young people on a journey to hear those conversations, to gain biblical fortitude. So historically, there's a prayer movement future there's a prayer movement but right now matt i'm sure you know this over the last decade we have seen day and night prayer grow from just a handful of prayer ministries worldwide to over fifty thousand prayer ministries worldwide doing day and night prayer that can only mean one thing the holy spirit is calling for a move of God for such a time as this. And I believe the Lord is going to do something miraculous in our nation coming up very soon. And we have to be ready with found in the place of prayer. We have to be ready with our hearts walking holy before the Lord so that we can participate in this. So I'm ready. I'm excited. And I want to move forward in this day and night. And so we, what we do, Matt, to, to sum this up is, 
we say that we want to be missionaries that are purposeful in praying and helping encourage and build prayer in other communities. And so we raise funds for that. And it's been a little bit of an awkward journey. People say, well, why don't you go out and preach the gospel? I preach the gospel all the time. We will fill our prayer room with unsaved people, give them Bibles, tell them about Jesus, and teach them to pray. <laughs> so we're, we're preaching the gospel all, as much as we can, and then we can take those people and put them into the local church. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome, man. Well, uh, Ben, thank you so much, man. Would you just say a prayer here at the end? We've been talking about prayer. And, uh, and just pray over anybody that, that would listen to this, that God would, would help them grow in prayer and that God would just uh, grace them, you know, whether they're families or maybe even called to, uh, to, do, to give their lives to this in some kind of vocational way. So, Father, here we are. We're here because you love people. We're here because you first loved us. And you desire that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. So, Holy Spirit, we honor you. Father, we love you. Jesus, we adore you. And we come before you and we ask that your name would be lifted up. We come before you and say you're worthy and we ask for justice. And Lord, I, I, for the young people here that are listening that feel called to this, I pray you would draw them in and you would provide for them. Lord, you provided for us so many times. You are, a, you are our provider. And so, Lord, we ask that you would open up streams of revenue, open up doors, pour out your spirit, make a way, we pray. I ask for Matt, you would bless him and Shepherd and the family. I, brought, I pray for the 24-7 movement that you would bless this movement, God. Let it grow. Breathe upon it. I ask for triple the, the the participants triple the ministries we ask for a growth a substantial growth lord breathe upon it bless these ones in jesus name amen